Welcome to the Bourbon and Browns podcast, where the size of the fish doesn't matter, but the amount of bourbon left in your flask does. Join us as we talk life, fishing, and everything in between with your hosts, Justin and Bryce. All right, what's up, everybody? Back on uh, Bourbon and Browns. Uh, today is August 5th, and this is episode number six for the podcast. Yeah, episode six. Yeah, so we are coming along nicely. Uh, we do have some fishing content to bring you guys this week. I know it's it's shocking. It really is. <laughs> uh, it's a fishing podcast without hardly any, any fishing content. No, I'm kidding. We've just been... Uh, We've just been busy, like we talked about last week, but we're I think we're we're settling in. We've got our sights. We've got our sights on some on some good fishing that lies ahead in the, in the short term here, I think. Yeah, yeah, we got some fishing coming up. Um, it's just it's the dog days of summer, you know. It's it's hard. It is. Um, but it's also it's also on me. Like I really haven't uh, haven't gotten out for for bass or anything like I should be, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, don't be narrow-minded like Justin <laughs> uh, when it comes to fly fishing because when the trout aren't biting or the conditions aren't right, there's there's a lot of other species that you can you can be chasing, which is which is both you know, but which is both fun and it's also very frustrating. Um, and I can kind of elaborate on that with my with my personal frustrations with with moving out to uh, to Louisiana and, and experiencing that firsthand. Yeah. Um, by the way, your apartment looks great. I just wanted to let you know that. Um, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to say, to say that earlier, but <laughs> I appreciate that. You can't. You can only see like a small little strip of it. So, dude, it's been so frustrating. This move is hell. Like, I went from a three bedroom, like probably twenty, probably yeah, it's probably like twenty one hundred square feet um, house in Arizona to like, you know, maybe a thousand. Uh, you know, soaking wet. Uh, now, so you know, limited storage. Uh, my stuff's all crammed, uh, but I'm making it work. So, I'm bringing the podcast live from the living room <laughs> at my tying desk. That is also, you know, my common area. But it's all good. Yeah, I mean, you're making the best of it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's saving me yeah. some money too. So it works. It's, a, out. it's an outdoorsman paradise too. So I mean. You shouldn't be inside all that. It much. is an outdoorsman's parasite. Yeah, parasite. Uh, paradise. Parasite. What is that? There probably are parasites out here. There's, I've seen a couple creatures out here that <laughs> that I don't really don't really like, but I'll talk about that um, here in a minute. But yeah, dude, got out to Louisiana last week. Got my house with goods finally after like a week and a half. Um, so I've been you know slammed just trying to get everything in place uh, from the move, which you know is, is a nightmare in itself, but. I brought my fishing gear with me, luckily, like a like a smart guy. I thought ahead for once, uh, so I was able to actually get out before my household goods got here. Um, Clutch. Yeah, which was which was cool. So I did a little research online, and I was like, "Well, where can I go that I don't need the fly craft?" Because I didn't want to like break it out and then, you know, have to throw it on my car or whatever. So I was looking for like wade only creeks, uh, just to kind of get out and get a quick fix. So I did a little research. There was an article that was written online, and uh, it, it highlighted a couple creeks that are near me. So I was like, well, I'll just pick one and, and go check it out. So it's like a 40-minute drive. Uh, so I drove out there. I got there late afternoon on a Sunday. There's nobody there. I went over to the river at river's edge. It's like super clear. It was flowing nice, maybe like two, three feet of depth, you know. Um, perfect. It, was, it literally looked, it looked pristine, and I was like, cool. So I rigged up, put some streamers, uh, my streamer box in my pack, and, and away I went. So I get to my first bin, and uh, you know I make a couple casts, and, and I had a little bluegill, you know, attack my streamer. I was just using like a little a little olive streamer, and uh, next thing you know, I toss it over this branch, and I'm you know I couple strips, and bam, freaking largemouth comes out from under the log, and you know textbook just just eats my streamer and, uh, and, and it was on. So, you know, fought him in. I was using my six weight, so it wasn't a long fight, but he was maybe like a pound, pound and a half. So not a bad little bass. So I get him in. I'm super stoked. 
Because I haven't caught a fish in months, you know, since, well, since I was in uh, in Utah for Memorial Day. But I haven't had the opportunity to just leave my house and go fishing for quite some time because I've been landlocked in Arizona with, like, you know, the nearest stream, like, eight hours away. Yeah, you take it for granted, huh? Which, dude, I can't even tell you, like, just getting out and casting, regardless of catching anything, like, is good for my my health, you know, as an avid outdoorsman. Yeah, you need it. Uh, it it's your, uh, to love it's your reset. <laughs> Dude, it's my fuel, yeah. man. So I'm like, well, this is, this is chill. So, um, I keep moving down. I catch, I, I catch a really nice bass. I catch like a two pounder. Um, same thing, just drifting my streamer in this little current. It's almost like trout fishing, but I'm just dead drifting a streamer, essentially giving it a couple strips. Um, so I ended up picking up like four largemouth, and, uh, I saw a cotton mouth that was cruising down the middle of the river, so that was a little frightening, uh, or water moccasin, depending on what, what part of the country you're you from. You take off. You know, down down south, <laughs> uh, they like to call things a little different, but, uh, so I saw him, uh, luckily I saw him, and, and he didn't bite me, because that'd be a bad day for me. Yeah, did you, um, have to, did you get out of the water when you saw him coming at you, or? I was actually out of the water already, um tying on a tying on a different fly and he was cruising down the middle i could just see his little wake and then he peeled off and kind of went in the bushes but that's tough man creek fishing is scary because you really got to watch where you step in you got to watch for spiders you got to watch for you know in my case potentially gators that are you know in these swamps and stuff i guess down here so there's plenty of shit that can that can come after you so got to be on your toes but uh he didn't bother me he kind of went off and then um Luckily, dude, I was making my way back to the truck because I heard some thunder. And I was like, oh, it seems kind of far off, you know. But in Louisiana, man, those storms come quick. And I'm not shitting you, dude. I was like 30 yards from the car. And all of a sudden, it starts raining. And, like, I hear a lightning crack. And I swear to God, it hit the tip of my rod, dude. Cause <laughs> it was like it was like flash and then and then crack, you know. Um, so I was like, well. I'm done. So I, I hooked up the, the streamer, ran to my car, and I didn't even have time to uh, to take my stuff off. I just threw my rod in the car, and then I literally drove all the way home uh, in, in my wading boots and, <laughs> and my wet shorts because um, it was it was pissing, dude. But luckily, I got out of there. But that was my first little, my first little uh, adventure out here, which was about a week ago. So that was nice. Nice, yeah. I mean, those are the best, though, when you're uh – you know, you're you're testing yourself. You're uh, getting out new, new water, and you get some stories. You know. Yeah. So that that was uh that was my first attempt, and my second attempt, as I was uh, eluding to earlier, was uh today, uh at this other creek that I just you know I just found literally a, a small body of water on a map, uh near the house, and I just went and tried it out, uh. Didn't catch anything. <laughs> uh, I worked the water pretty good. It looked nice. It looked like nice water, but, dude, nothing was stirring. So uh, I'm writing that one off of my list, and I have to go go find some other some other water, which, honestly, like, I would encourage people to do that more, uh, more so than, than not. You know, I, it's nice to fish the same spots that you know are reliable, but um, it's fun from an adventure standpoint. Uh, just to get out and try new water, you know, whether you're successful or, or, or you fail. Because when you fail, you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, damn, I wish I wish your spot would have had fish. But at the same time, like, if you would have been successful, like, you know, you would have been the hero, kind of, you know. Yeah, you would have found a new honey hole. You, you expand your um, your fishable water. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of that, too, or I'll, I'll get into a, a, a rhythm with... You know, I, I fish this spot, I fish this spot, um, I move to this creek, and I fish this hole, and then I leave, um, go, go, you know, go hit another section I'm comfortable with, and yeah, you catch, you know, you, you, you might get a shot at a big, a big brown or a big rainbow or something, um, but you already know what's there, essentially. You're limiting yourself, so maybe walk another 500 yards up that creek that you've never fished before and, you know, throw some flies out there and see what, you know, see what's kicking in that section. And worst case scenario is you don't catch anything and you can write it off. 
Um, best case scenario is you get into a pod of fish and it's just lights out and now you've got another little honey hole to go back to and you just keep expanding, you know, your repertoire of creeks to fish. Um, it's hard when you're constantly moving because you're, you're constantly building up a, you know, up a list of creeks you want to fish and, and rivers and lakes and everything in your spots and uh, you know, especially for Bryce now, um, and I lived I lived that life for five years before too, um, where you you fish this area and you re- get really get comfortable with it, and then you leave, and you have to start over somewhere else, and it it sucks. But I think it's building a um, it's building a good um, foundation for you and for me. Like when we finally settle down and um, we're in one area, it's like you you already know you should keep trying to expand the, you know, the, the knowledge that you have in that area. So, yeah, no, that's, you couldn't have said it better. Cause I think everyone, honestly, if you ask them honestly, like, are you guilty of fishing the same water over and over? And I mean, if you're catching giant fish out of a river, like, or, or, you know, or good numbers, it, it is really difficult to justify going somewhere else. You know, it's kind of like if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know? Um, but it's just, it's different, man. Like today's creek, like it was barely trickling under the bridge, but you could see that there's some good holes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, it's clear. I can see bait fish. So, you know, maybe I just didn't go down far enough, you know? Um, I, you just, that's the thing, man. You just never know. Like maybe the next bend, you know, is where, you know, the fish hold, you know, or yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be um, honest with you. I can guarantee that 95% of all fly fishermen minus like the, you know, the, the Instagram models out there that are just, like, ripping in 30-inch browns all the time. Like, I can tell you right now, you're not catching enough fish to justify where you're fishing. Change it up. Like, I, I, I know I'm not. I know I'm not catching, like, 30-inch browns out of the little Lehigh. It's just not happening. <laughs> um, and I need to switch it up. Like, I need to go get out, get out, get out of my comfort zone. And, and and they do. That's the reason they catch these it's fish. It's because they're constantly they, trying new things. They're trying new, and water. Trying new water. And I mean, there's so many times they'll they'll post like, hey, I found this new sweet piece of water. You know, going to try it out. And then they're like, dude, t- zero fish. Mm-hmm. Like, t- didn't catch yeah. a thing, you know. And it, but, but that's the chance you take. You don't, you know. You don't hear you fish about it hard. That. And like, no, you, you don't. don't. You only see the pics. Yeah, you you know? see the pics of like their, their big, the big rainbows and like the, the hens that they're catching. But you don't see the, you know, eight weeks they spent trying to find that location. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I, I do that shit all the time where I'm like, I'm just going to fish what's comfortable. And um, and that leads me to my next point, which is. Up your percentages. You know, up your probability of catching a big fish. And the way that you do that is. By fishing to fish that aren't as pressured. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not the best fly fisherman in the world. I'm not George Daniels. That's not going to happen. You know, I'm just not at that level. So, if I've got 10 George Daniels who just walked through this creek and fished it before I did, I'm not going to catch that fucking fish. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. You know, but if, if I find a piece of water that has trout in it that nobody else has fished... I'm probably going to catch fish in there, you know, so. That's also, um, that's also another great point, and you couldn't have said it better because, I mean, you know, we aren't the best fishermen, you know. I mean, I I would honestly say, you know, 90% of people doing it, you know, are, are, are just out there slinging bugs, you know. Um, not to say they don't know what they're doing, but. There are guys that are extremely good at, at this craft, you know, and you have to work at it, but. You're yeah exactly. You're increasing your chances so much when you fish to unpressured fish. It's it's so substantial and like you say, like you know, if somebody hooks that fish uh, on a Saturday and you're fishing on Saturday and he does it before you, guess who's not eating your fly? The rest he's not of the touching day. your shit, that bro. It's not happening. No, he's not even gonna look at it. He's not gonna feed for probably whole another twenty four hours. You know. Um. But anyway, yeah, that's that's a great point. And that's. 
it's hard, man. When you're when you're on your own and you don't really have a fishing partner, you know, it's it's easier when I'm like, you know, if I was like, hey, Justin, you wanna you wanna meet up at the at the gas station? I'll pick you up and we'll uh, and we'll roll to this new creek and try it out. You know, you're you're throwing certain stuff, I'm throwing certain stuff, and maybe it's a bust, maybe it's not, but it's just easier when you have somebody to do that with versus you know, justifying like, okay, I'm going out here alone. Is it safe? Where, you know, can, do, is there access? Is it private? Is it public? Is there even fish there? You know, what are the flows? But all these things start flooding your, your fish, uh, your fish, you know, whatever you want to call it, conscience. <laughs> and it's telling you not to do it. You know, it's like, don't like, don't go. It's too hot or it's this or it's that. And it's like, dude, stop, stop with the excuses. Yep. Go get your rod, go get your bag, get your wading boots on, and just go hit new water. Because there's nothing better than finding that diamond in the rough, dude. I did it too many times in Tennessee to count, you know, where, you know, I was on post, and I'm like, dude, everywhere on post had to have gotten hammered by now, you know? Like, the post has been open for for how long? Well, it just so happened I happened to hike up this little inlet, you know, and find... I mean, that's where I caught my biggest bass, that giant bass on that frog popper. And then I was catching four, four or five pounders out of there, um, you know, regularly. And it was just a, it was just an oasis, but I wouldn't have found that if, uh, if I wasn't willing to go explore. And so I even find it difficult to sometimes get out of the door, you know, and and go find those spots, but it's so worth it when you find a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like you don't even really think about it until we're like we're talking about this right now but i was guilty of that this morning i mean i we we were having the discussion earlier um and I, i'm i'm kind of glad it happened cuz i ended up buying a a bow <laughs> which which is awesome for bow hunting yeah um, yeah you did you know th- that's yeah that's that's where i'm at as a single guy like i'm like oh i i didn't <laughs> hit the river today i'm going to go buy buy a bow um but like I, because everything was blown out instead of, um, you know, actually trying to find a, a little, like maybe feeder Creek or something I could fish. And, um, like looking back now, I'm like, man, it probably could have been pretty good. I bet you there's some, some bigger fish holding just kind of, you know, um, not expending as much energy in these little feeder creeks instead of like fighting the, the, you know, the, the flows in the, in the main river. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you don't sometimes it doesn't even register until you're you know having someone else tell you like well why didn't you try and fish it you know sometimes it just happens like that um but i mean it's all about being it's all about being like cognizant i guess of your psychology um there's really no bad time to not fish you know <laughs> I, I don't know if that does that make sense i don't know um yeah, it yeah. does. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like sometimes you don't realize it. You're like, oh, that's dumb. Like, the water was blown out, so why didn't I go search for another spot instead of just, you just went to the bow shop, you know? <laughs> I did. And, which, is, I did. which is fine, because yeah. it ended up, you know, meaning that you now you have a bow. Uh, but really, you know, case in point, you know, you could have hopped on Google Maps, you know, look, looked at some surrounding water and been like, okay, well, if this is not going to work out, I'm going to go here, you know. Um, which today, that creek I actually got out and actually went and fished, like, thoroughly was, like, the third spot that I stopped at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the other two just didn't look visually appealing. I couldn't really get access down to the water. You know, just it didn't meet the criteria to, to give it a, you know, give it a go. So I ended up driving to that third spot and I just, I wasn't even, I didn't even look at that on the map. I just crossed it and I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. And I was like, well, let's, let's give it a go. Um, but again, you know, we're all guilty of it, but at the end of the day, you know, um, it's just, it's just, uh, trying to prepare a little better. Yeah. Find some, find some new water and, and go from there. Cause yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? We, we've we've kind of we've, we've covered that and i think you know everybody yeah. listening to this kind of knows how we how we feel about it um yeah you know like the the biggest takeaway is you know nobody's perfect and just be be cognizant of it but um kind of brings me to another point that i think we've we've touched on in the past but i mean obviously you know that me and bryce like we really like to to fish together and we enjoy fishing together um i really enjoy fishing in groups um 
you know, getting a bunch of dudes together and going out kind of like a, um, a hunting drive, I guess, you know, where you're, you're driving and pushing, you get a bunch of dudes going. Um, I like to do that on the water. And, um, what I'm getting at is, you know, find a buddy who's willing to go do that shit with you. Like me and Bryce do where we explore and, you know, we, uh, we hit new places and we bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and that kind of helps break you out of that, that comfort zone um, where you can kind of uh, feel a little bit more empowered to go do that shit, I guess, where I'm getting at. But uh, all right. Now we, we've, we've gotten all philosophical here. Um, I'm going to kick it back to Bryce so he can talk about like some of his, uh, his saltwater adventures or what he's preparing for. Um, I know he, he was telling me he's got some flies that he, uh, he's got in his arsenal now. Um, he's done some research on, on some redfish and, uh, I'm really excited to hear about it. So take, take it away, Bryce. Yeah, man. So, so obviously I'm only, well, you know, if I want to be in new Orleans, I'm about three and a half hours. Uh, if I want to go down to Lake Charles, uh, it's only about a 40, 45 minute drive from me. So that's more like, you know, that's just brackish water. So it really just salt coming in and mixing with the fresh, uh, but it has enough salt content for, uh, for those saltwater fish to still hold, uh, in those marshes and, and, you know, essentially the bayou. So I was like, well, if, if, you know, if redfish or, uh, or flounder or anything is really cruising up into those, uh, into those marshes, I was like, you know, I, I've got the fly craft. I can easily cruise down there and, you know, it's small enough that I can get in those little channels and stuff and fish that shallow water because the, the, uh, the displacement on on the fly craft's really low, right? It's you don't you don't you don't have to worry about going super shallow, which is nice because when the water heats up down there, the the redfish will move into the shallows, right, to kind of to kind of warm and they'll they'll cruise and that's really what you're doing. So they're cruising, they're cruising along the shoreline, and you're really just trying to put that fly. Uh, you know, and make a commotion about a foot to a foot and a half above the, uh, above the, of the, above the, um, the fish, right? And uh, more often than not, either they're going to spook and they'll move off or, uh, or they'll attack your fly, you know, they'll take your fly and it's, and it's game on. So I was like, well, if that's only like 45 minutes away from me, you know, I've got the boat. Uh, now I just, I was kind of like, you know, I need to, I need to find the gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause most guys are recommending for, for redfish, you know, an eight weight. And they're saying that's anything from like 10, 10 to 20 pounds, uh, that would comfortably handle those fish and the flies that you're throwing. Um, but from what I found is that even with like a slight gust of wind, uh, you know, throwing those big flies, uh, for those fish, you're going to want like a nine weight. Uh, so that'd be nine weight rod, a nine weight saltwater floating, floating line. And then also, you know, uh a nine to whatever weight, uh, you know, reel to, to go with that with, with a good disc drag, uh, that's sealed so that you're not getting that, uh, that salt buildup, uh, in your, in your actual, your drag. Um, yes. and then you get these big bulls, right. And they call, they call redfish that are over like 28 inches, I think, or over 20 pounds. They call them bulls. So like bull redfish. So those big bulls will come in, um, later in the year. So more so like, it's actually about to start heating up, like October, November. Um, the 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 fall slash winter season is when it starts heating up down oh, here. That's so a perfect timing. And yeah, and Louisiana is like the number one destination for redfish uh, in the United States. So I'm gonna probably be doing that um, a lot, at least trying to kind of figure it out. I'm definitely and, coming down and, and catch some fish. Yeah, no, I would love it, dude, because. You know, I can work the back of the boat, and we can cruise with the motor, and then you know you can work the front, and I can try to sight, sight some of the fish, and we can just, just cruise, man. You can just kind of cruise and find water in there. But um, once I figured that out, I was like, well, you know, over a twenty pound fish, it's, it, they're like an eight weights questionable. So they're like, you know, the the off chance that you do catch a a big twenty pound, you know, bull, is pretty likely down in Louisiana, especially when they're when they're coming up, uh, coming up into those marshes and stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll, you know, I, ideally I'm gonna go with a nine weight. Uh, I'll go with a nine weight line. Uh, you know, weight a big weight forward. It's got a nice taper on it, so that way, like, it's it's easy to shoot. You don't have to have a ton of line out, you know, to make those short casts. Because a lot of times you're casting only like 15 or 20 feet, 
uh, to these redfish. You know, it's kind of almost like a plop cast. You're not really rearing back and, and zinging it. And then if you want to fish for other species, you know, uh, baby tarpon or, you know, um, jack or whatever, whatever you want to fish for, uh, you can still tackle that with that nine weight. So it still stays pretty versatile, uh, which is cool. So I kind of figured that out. And then I was like, well, this is kind of different for me because, you know, as far as leader setup. And, yeah, so what's, uh, what's the leader setup online. on this? I want to... I I kind of want to see. Yeah, so I, I did some research online, and uh, it's basically a mix of 40-pound, 30-pound, 20-pound, and 15-pound tests, right? And you're essentially doing what we do with our Euro setup. You just make your own leader, right, with, with blood knots. So I believe it's 5 feet of 40-pound test, and I'm using the, the Ultra Green Maxima Chameleon because um, it's, it's pretty malleable, and then it kind of disappears in that brackish water anyway. Um, it's easier. It, it bends a little easier than the fluoro or just the, st the straight mono. So you do five feet of the f uh, 40. You do three feet of, or two and a half feet, I think, of um, the 30 pound. And then you do like a foot and a half or a foot and a half or two feet and one foot. Uh, two feet of the 20 pound and then one foot, like your last 16 to 18 inches. Um is uh is your 15 pound test that's essentially like your tippet you know what yeah, i mean that's a hell of a turnover um it is yeah, good turnover because the because the flies are big and, I, and i'll talk about those in a second but basically the break strength of of your fly fishing line is around 30 or 40 pounds i think um it, it kind of depends on you know the weight of the line and, and whatever else um but but generally i'd say between 30 and 40 pounds uh right around there so you're kind of trying to match that to your butt section, which is that 40 pounds. You want it kind of almost at the same diameter. And you have to be careful with that because not all 40-pound line is created equal. Some have a smaller diameter, so you don't get that turnover. Um, so it's actually a smaller diameter line, but it's still the same breaking strength. But that doesn't help you turn the fly over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to be kind of careful with that. But if you use the Maxima Chameleon, you can't really go wrong as far as diameter if you're, if you're looking to get into this. But essentially, you're making a 10-foot leader. You know, and it's it's enough to um, to take on those fish or really anything in there, and um, it gives you that turnover. So, like I was saying, it's usually like a 15 to 20 foot plop cast. You basically have a line out on the water, it's floating, and then you see a fish, and you basically just roll cast it and plop it right where it needs to be, right? Or you can quickly change directions and mm -hmm. plop another cast. So it's got to be real so you need accurate, that turnover. Though, right? You have to be really accurate. Yeah, you do, because um, if you miss your mark, you you might get another shot, but I mean, it has to be pretty close. Um, and the, and then I'm talking, this is strictly sight fishing, right? Like you're, you're literally sighted the fish and you're, and you're fishing to that particular fish. Now you can still go with a deeper, uh, swimming fly and still, you know, kind of blind cast into certain areas where you think they may hold, mm -hmm. which is, you know, just, just like streamer fishing anywhere else, a lake or a river or whatever. Now would that just um, be for trout or like, bass. say like a, a larger, I'm not sure what bait fish are, are in that brackish water. Okay. Um, but yep. it, it would just be so, like a larger, like say, Something arti like articulated. It's shad. Yep. Yeah, an articulated streamer, um, crustaceans, like crab or okay. shrimp or something like that. Like um, mud dogs, which are like these little burrowing. They're almost like sc um, sculpins, but in the in the ocean essentially. Oh, okay. Um, like little mud. Um, they call them like mud dogs, but they're like they essentially just like burrow in the mud and they they sift those out pretty easy. But um, yeah. So anyway, there's a guy down here. Um, what the what the heck is the name of his charter service? Uh, Low Tide Charters, I believe, out of Baton Rouge. Um, I can't remember his name, but his last name's Bissett, Captain Bissett, and uh, he's been fishing for redfish down here in Louisiana um, since he was since he was a kid, and he does charted trips. But he actually ties his own patterns specifically for redfish, and Orvis sells them. So. So I actually went online and, and I went to the Louisiana, or, or sorry, the Baton Rouge Orvis store and I found those flies and I actually ordered like 15 flies or something like that of his number one um, fishing patterns. So those are now in my box and I'm like, that's really all he fishes. You know what I mean? And so I figured, well, you know, again, <laughs> if it's working, why, why go searching yeah, You can't go else? wrong with that. No, you really can't. So I got like a... I got a bunch of different styles, but like purple and yellow or like green and brown. And I guess at different times of the year, like in the summer, they're a little bit more finicky. So you, you want to use like more natural colors. So like the olive and the, and the tan. 
Um, and then I got the same fly in the in the other color variation, which is like the purple and the and the yellow, which is like you know if the water's a little more off color or it's or it's winter and they're a little bit more aggressive, uh, you can you can throw that that other color other coloration. Um, but essentially, you have like a weighted and an unweighted version. Um, the unweighted being like if they're cruising a little lower and not so high in the water column. This all still applies. It's kind of like trout fishing, you know, kind of playing with your depths. But he basically ties the same flies in like a low, a low and a high depth. So like the high one is essentially just a surface fly um, that you can kind of strip along the surface like a popper. And the other one is actually like going to sink down, you know, within, you know, a foot of the of the top of the water column. And, and those fish will actually see it and, and, and eat it. So I kind of covered my my bases there. But they're big. I mean, they're like four or five inches long. Um, you know, some are weighted, so it, it gets, it gets tiring if you're, if you're casting those big flies, yes. you know, all day That long. was going to be my next question. Like when we say little, <laughs> like, like we're talking like size <laughs> two streamers. Size, yeah. Size two yeah. hooks, size one O's. Um, yes. Yeah, so my, the longest fly I have is probably like six inches, which dude, that's a, that's a chunk of yeah, meat. It Once is. it gets wet and you're, and you're zinging that thing, um, you're going to need something pretty stout to, to be, uh, to be plopping that out there. So that's kind of what I've gathered so far. Um, I plan on getting out there probably in the next next few weeks. I mean, it is getting closer to fall. So, you know, as I said, it's going to start getting pretty good. But I kind of want to go down there and get get my bearings and then I'll, and then I'll actually go for it uh, once once the season's, you know, up and going. Yeah, do some recon, you know, definitely. Yeah, definitely exactly. get out. Just do a quick. Yeah, quick trip. Yeah. Take the motor, just cruise around, and uh, it's nice because my motor is actually a it's a four stroke, but it's uh, it's air cooled, not water cooled. So I don't really have to worry about the the salt water running through my engine, which is cool. I don't really have to flush it, but um, that's kind of besides the point. But it's kind of cool just because you were you were uh, thinking about you know the whole yeah thing. So it's kind of it's super versatile, man. Like, can I cruise down these main channels that these big boats are cruising down? Like, probably not. I mean, I could go slow, but um, it's more so just to cruise around those little channels, like the back channels and stuff like that. Like, I'm not out on the main water, you know, like zipping around. Yeah. Now, now but is that that's the that's the standard motor, standard trolling motor that comes with the um, I can't remember. I think it's the stealth package, correct? Yeah, it's their stealth package. I think uh, it's their top package. And then you just buy the motor on top of it, which is another like 900 mm-hmm. bucks. But it's like a little three and a half horse um, Honda out, outboard. Um, you know, it's got your you got your tiller. Um, it's it's a great little motor, man. Honda makes great motors. Um, it only weighs thirty pounds, so it's not weighing down your boat. You can carry it. You can store it in a closet. You know, it's super super packable. You can lay it down in the back of your car. It's got little brackets so it doesn't spill like none of the gas or anything um, or the oil. So pretty versatile. Yeah, I, which is I cool. honestly I can't. Um, I can't say enough good things about the flycraft. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, you know, I I was only fortunate enough to to roll on it once with Bryce. You know, we did one that one float trip on the Soho. Um, but it was I mean it's it's just like a little phenomenal little boat. Um, I mean we had we had two people I know like you know two grown men. Um, and it was you know perfectly fine. Um, we did everything we needed to do on it. Plenty of room. And then I know they have a, um, I guess that back, that back section that they have now. Um, I don't know if it's a new model that they came out of, out with, but you can fit a third person on the back. Um, so that's the gear rack, yeah. and it's actually uh, it's made out of aluminum. It only weighs ten pounds. The actual rack itself, so it's not going to weigh your boat down. I think it puts your boat at like, a hundred and ten, hundred and ten pounds, which um, is nothing. You know, which is like nothing. It. You know, like that's crazy. No, but the the seat. The seat is actually limited to um, to a person of 100 pounds or less, so you're not oh, really supposed is. to put a full size adult back there. So it's um, like a kid, it's more, a kid more so seat. meant for kids. Yeah, um, but the gear X great. Like you can put your cooler on there. You know your other gear to kind of get the stuff away from your feet if you don't need it, um, or if you're camping and you're doing like a camp float trip, you can put your tent and you know your grill or whatever like you know in the back, so it's not it's not in the way of of your actual fishing. I know, dude. That dog's going to town. See this? What is it? I don't know. She's like. That's why you need a podcast studio. I know. So I'm, you can yeah, podcast being, in peace. I'm being attacked by. My dog's being needy yeah. too, dude. She's like, 
She knows it's dinner time, and I'm like, <laughs> bro. I know. Can't you see I'm I'm podding right now? Th- like, get get a, give me a break. For, for everyone that doesn't know, Jeez. my my parents' dog Gracie is an English setter, and uh, she has way too much energy, and she's down here digging in my bed. Um, yeah, trying to trying to yeah, burrow, trying to burrow, and just generally be a a pain in the balls. Um, Classic. Yep, but she's good now. She's like trying to devour her her paw. So hopefully she'll go to sleep soon. But anyway, yeah. anyway, the 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 flycraft is just a, a phenomenal little boat. Um, I'm actually well, and get this. So like, I don't know how many like flats videos you've watched, but there's like a platform on the back of these saltwater boats, mm-hmm. right? So you can stand up on it if you're the guy that's pushing yourself around with your little the, like the your pole, little stick. Yeah. You've seen that, yeah. And then the guy's on the front, right, on his little platform. He's like lower. Well, those boats are like 30k. Brand new. Holy shit. Um, yeah, depending on the model that you choose. So I was like, well, not really at that point in my mm-hmm. life right now. But I was thinking, I was like, well, how can I modify the flycraft t- so that I can be a little bit higher up? Well, I didn't know what the pound rating was for that um, that rack. But my plan was to get the rack and then to get Yeti makes a new cooler that's not as long. It's actually taller, so it doesn't take as much room up in your oh, boat. okay. So it's actually, you know, it's only it's like almost 24 inches high instead of like 16, and then it's just not as long. It still has the same capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, shit, if I just buy a Yeti, put it on top of the gear rack, cinch it down from each handle on the right and the left, that's my platform, and I could just stand up there and push myself around. It's such a first-world problem. And, <laughs> you're dude, like, oh, oh right? God, I have to buy then, a Yeti so I can stand on then, top of it. And the then you're on the front, you know, in your, in your spot, which doesn't matter yeah. where you're standing. I'm like, hey, Justin, 15 feet to the yep. left, you know, 2 o'clock, and then you cast and bam, you know. Um, you kind of have to understand how a clock works, but we'll, we could work on that. Yeah, I, um, I went the completely wrong direction there. Yeah, yeah like, right. dude, that I is, yeah, thinking. you're like casting to nothing, yeah. man. Like, dude, that's like the sixth I, cast. I blind cast. Like, give me the yeah. rod. No. That's standard, all right? So, I hit, I hit I maybe know, man. two I was out of ten. Call two out of ten, <laughs> 20% of the time. Especially if you're, uh, especially if you're taking nips <laughs> out, of the, out of the flask. I'm not going to hit shit. I don't think shit. you're hitting the broadside of a barn. <laughs> I couldn't catch a trout after that. Nah, dude, you Let couldn't alone catch a, red a trash fish. bag floating yeah. in the gulf. Um. I was gonna call Ben from uh, from Flycraft and be like, "Hey, like, w- what do you think the feasibility of that is? Because I mean, you have to think like a loaded cooler, you know, and then me on top of it. I mean, I weigh 185 pounds plus the cooler. That's that's definitely over its capacity. But like, would it would it bend or like, you know, is it stable? Um, is that stable to be standing up there, you know, in the Flycraft? I don't know because it's it's not like you know, it's not a, it's not a saltwater boat. Um, and I'm just I was like, maybe I'm trying to make this more than it is because I could easily get away with fishing just how it is, you know? I just wouldn't be able to see as well, yeah. not being up top. But is it really, like, is it going to be a deal breaker? I Probably mean, not. I don't know, man. Like, I don't fish in the ocean 24, you know, 24-7. Yeah. So, like, this is meant to be a drift boat. I just happen to be able to use it for other mm. things, you know? Now, would, like you, if I was fishing would you be able to flats every day? take out that front seat, like, when you're by yourself? And and use that yeah, as c- like a like a little platform. So <laughs> that was my other thing. So I was like, if I take the front seat out, and then I just get like a piece of plywood and I cut it like perfectly to fit over that little front mm-hmm. part where where you would normally stand if you were in the front of the boat, and then somehow like cinch that down so it's almost like a little wood platform, and then I could just step up over like you know like if they're like where the seat would have normally been I can just step up on that and then step onto that platform and cast from there. Yeah. Or whoever's in the front, you know what I mean? Like you just dislodge the seat real quick, throw that little board up there which you could have had on the gear yeah, rack. Pop right up. And now you have a casting platform, yeah, on the front and then you know the guy in the back is doing his thing. I just again, I don't I don't know how safe that is, you know? Like if there's any wind or any like any water, you know, water disturbance, whether it's like tide, you know, or whatever. Like, I just don't know. I'm not sure how stable it is. I'd have to try it out, um, you know, and kind of get a feel for it. But yeah, those are some options I, I've I been guess thinking it's, about. I guess it's one thing to be in like a, on like a pond or like a um, a slow section of like a creek um, or river. Yeah, versus being in the yeah, ocean. Yeah, versus being in the ocean and you know. 
And generally the flats aren't too bad. You know, you're not getting rocked, you know, normally by the waves and stuff. It's usually pretty calm. But, you know, if there's any if there's any rough water or if there's a storm rolling in and stuff, like you're you're kind of SOL. Yeah. Like big time. Um, you know, and if I could justify it, if I was, you know, if I do end up in the south, you know, at the, at the end of whatever, end of eternity, um, <laughs> you know, I may look into getting, you know, a saltwater specific boat because they, they are really good and they're they're made specifically for, you know, for that type of fishing. So um, I'm just going to use the Flycraft and, and milk it for all it's worth, man, and then try to make some modifications and see how it works. But this is kind of sounding like you need to come out here, man. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, we get yeah. a long weekend in the fall. I'll, I'll come down there. Mm-hmm. I think wh- what's the yeah. what's the closest airport? Is it? Um, it's it's not great, man. So I do have an airport, but it's a uh, it's a what do you call it? A regional airport. It's like forty minutes from me. It's where the Air Force Base is. It's called Alexandria. Okay. It's just really pricey, man. Like uh, I bet a round trip ticket's like seven hundred bucks. Um, no shit. It, it's just really expensive. It's only forty minutes from me. So the next closest Bat- Baton Rouge? is. No, Baton Rouge is still only regional, which I thought they would have like a big airport. But um, so New Orleans obviously mm-hmm. is like your next big international, and then Houston, which is only three hours from me. So that's probably the closest. Oh, okay. uh, Houston lobby, which is where I'm gonna fly out of to go to to go to Denver. But it sucks because it's like a three hour drive, but you're saving you know a round trip ticket into Houston lobby is usually around like two hundred, two hundred fifty bucks versus like seven hundred. Yeah. Like I'll spend the gas. Yeah, because you know, I mean, what you. it's like two tanks, maybe, if that. Yeah, not yeah. even. So. Um. Yeah, dude, it'd be too easy to cruise down, but yeah, you'd have to fly in there, and then uh, you know, obviously that you could stay here, and and dude, if I, you know, if I can kind of just go out and recon on my own and f- and find the spots and stuff, and then it's only gonna get better as as the the year wears on, you know, for the for the red well, for anything really, um, in that water. Yeah, I mean, what I was saying was, I mean, I I'd liked in like a perfect world where I didn't have to deal with like flying and having to you know pack all my shit, which I'm you know I'm terrible with. Like I I can't pack for shit. Um, I was thinking about you know like a a long weekend like four day, um, like redfish, bass, whitetail, like bring bring the bow down. And we'll just get after yeah, it. Yeah, I know? mean that would be, that would be next level because, yeah, if you brought your bow and your fishing stuff and like, dude, that would be that would be really fun. Yeah, it, it would be so much fun. But it's almost like I'd have to, I'd almost have to take like a week off of work and like drive drive would, down. Yeah, so you could fit yeah. all the stuff in the back of your truck and everything else. Because, yeah, that's a lot yeah. of gear to be. Like that would around. be tough. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll still, I even I'll still come down just to fish, but you oh, know. absolutely! I mean, you could even, we, you could also come with me hunting. You just obviously wouldn't like hunt, but I mean, you would. You'd oh, be I, there. I'd be the bitch. You know, like, I'd, I'd be I've the got a ground <laughs> blind, so we could just set up the ground blind, put two chairs in there. You can, you can drink. I can, I can hunt. I, I think that sounds like a win. I'd be down. I'd totally yeah. be down. That'd be so much yeah. fun. And then we can go hit those creeks and, and do some creaking, like throwing streamers in the in the creek for bass and then and then obviously do, you know, a couple a couple good days down down in the in the marsh, uh, fishing for the for the salt water, man. Yeah, I definitely want to get down in the bayou. And then you don't even have to bring a rod for that. You just switch off with my rod. Yeah. We can make that so work. That'd be fun as shit. Whoever's pushing the boat around and whoever's actually <laughs> casting. <laughs> Whoever can stand, let's like, just say that. Some of you, some of you listening may may think like, oh, like that's not going to be fun at all. Like I'm riding bitch. I don't think you understand. Like that shit's so much fun. We oh, it's, we it's have a, so much we have so man. much fun doing do, this. Shit. Do you remember when we floated the South Holston? Obviously, you remember oh, yeah. that, dude. I I had more fun just rowing and just looking around and like putting you in prime spots than than I did actually. Remember, I wasn't even really fishing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I felt bad. You know, oh, I felt no, bad dude, at we... some points, but you know, it's like what when you look back and it's like you know Bryce is there. He's like, he's like, yo, f- throw throw a cast right here, like hit this spot, or like you know, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit, and he's like busting his balls, like you know, trying to <laughs> trying to row back up this river, back up this run to give me another shot at it. I mean, it's like it, it, you know, it's you can't beat that, you know, and and you know, there's no, you can't. It's, it's completely. Um, what's the, what's the word for it? Um, 
shit. It's like unconditional. You know, it doesn't matter who's catching shit, who, like who's killing, you know, whatever. As long as one of us is, you know, getting it in, it, it, it's all that matters, you know. And it's uh, no, I, I completely agree. And uh, that is a hard thing as a sportsman, man. Um, it, it almost like I think everybody deals with it to an extent, you know, like. I'm always ecstatic, like whether I catch the first fish or you catch the first fish or I catch no fish. Okay, if I caught no fish and you caught a bunch of fish, I'd be Yeah, you'd be like, what the fuck, Justin? Why aren't you, like, tell me what you're using? But you're a good friend, you know? You'd be like, hey, dude, like, I noticed, like, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm struggling. Like, what are are you doing? Like, oh, this is how I'm drifting in, or hey, this is what I'm using, or whatever. You know, that's why you're a team. Like, that's why you do it. Like, I'm not against you. Um, But sometimes it feels that way, like, just with other people that I fish with sometimes. Like, it's... Don't get me like with Sean and I, we're really good. Like you know, we fish close. You know, I always told you like if we're not, if we don't get hung up on each other, like we're not fishing it. You know, we're not fishing the water thorough enough, but um, or thoroughly enough. But um, you know, him and I love it, dude. It's it's a competition, you know, and it's it's all friendly. But there's some people I fish with like are all pouty pants, you know, when when I'm catching or they're not or they or they did this and they did that or like you know, like I'm bow hunting and it's like we're sitting in the blind. And it's like well, if a deer walks out, like who who gets to kill it, you know? Because if you're both hunting. And a huge buck steps out, like, who gets to shoot it, you know? Is it, like, whoever's in the perfect position or it, I was, you know, it's my spot, so I get the, I get first crack at it or, like, I, I don't like putting myself in those yeah. situations. And I think a lot of people that do that, um, you know, one person will film and then the other person will hunt and then they'll flip-flop. Like, if we go on a four-day trip, I'll give you two days to hunt and I'll hunt two days. I'll film you two days, you film me two days. And we can either alternate or do two and two or, you know, if I kill, then I'll go... I'll film for you and, you know, the rest of the trip. Uh, or you just go hunt separate stands. You don't try to yeah. hunt together because it just alleviates the whole, you know, the whole problem. Um, but I don't I don't fish with those people and I don't hunt with those people because they drive me fucking nuts, you know, excuse my language. But no, I, exactly. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be like, if you were like, dude, like, hey, if we go out tonight, like, you mind if I shoot first? Like, dude, absolutely. Like, I'm I'm there for you, bro. Like, whatever steps out, you take a crack at it, you know? Um, and I'd be happy for you whether you shot a doe or, you know, or a 200-inch buck, you know. Uh, same with fishing. You know, hey, man, like we, when we did, went to Deep Creek, we'd go through those nice runs. And I'm like, dude, go yep. ahead. Like, like throw first cast. And you're like, cool, okay, cool. And then, you know, I'd go in there and I'd throw first cast. You know, it's just you just work yeah. your way through the water and you just have a good time. It's, it's unconditional, dude. And, and it's like if, if yeah. you're – and I don't want to make generalizations, but, you know, if you're not like that, with your buddies when you're fishing and hunting like fuck you <laughs> uh, no i'm, I'm no, kidding absolutely. i'm kidding but yeah um I, like i said every it's almost natural yeah but i see what you're saying well i mean for me it's never been it's never been natural like that that yeah like that mindset has never been a natural thing for me like if if i'm hunting with someone and i i grew up hunting like in the poconos and in pa and uh you know we we go out with you know 10 12 dudes and you know, it would be it would be like you know nut flexing the entire time trying to figure out like who would be <laughs> the nut to butt. yeah. Well, it would it would be like you know you'd have six people lined up and everybody would be fighting for like the best the best spot and you know someone would shoot a deer during a drive and like you know the three other guys sitting there would be pissed off that you know this dude got the got the shot and you know they'd be like you know yelling at everyone else were telling them like you know they they should have they should have been sitting there and they knew what they were doing and it's like dude it's not about that you know it's about paying it forward because maybe not maybe not this year but you know next year when you go out and you go to the same spot maybe you sit there or maybe you're in another spot and then you get a shot at a deer you know just be happy for everyone you're with and you know that's why i'm a big proponent of you know drinking while you're on these trips because it's really not about the the deer or the bear or the elk or it's the not, trout man. or the bass or the redfish it's about like being with your boys and and having a good time you know it's the experience yeah, it's the experience you know because it's not dude I, I know i mean there's guys that are super successful and i know that you know killing big bucks or catching big fish and stuff like it's it's memorable and it's it is meaningful but like they remember the experience itself, not so much the actual you know end state of of what took place. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I I've been out, and, and maybe it's just because I'm a, I'm a I'm a shitty hunter or I'm a shitty fisherman, you know. <laughs> but I've been out plenty of times where you know I I don't I don't catch shit and I don't shoot shit, 
um, you still have a good time. You know, you have a, you still have a great time. Yeah. And, um, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, mate have having made friends with Bryce and having made friends with, you know, some other people that, um, yeah, I grew up with and, you know, I, I've met throughout the years that are, um, you know, either better than I am at, at certain aspects or, um, you know, have a little bit more knowledge in different fields and, um, they help me out, you know, and I think that's what it's all about. Um, you know, I like to, I like to rub it in with Bryce that I put him on that big Brown in deep Creek. Um, you know, it's like the only, you know, good fish I've ever put Bryce on. He normally puts me on the good fish, but you know, it, it's just, you're just paying it forward, you know, but you're, you're welcome for the wild Turkey for that tradition that got oh, brought I, in. Cause that was all me. That was all me, bro. Dude, that made, that made <laughs> the weekend. I, I love that. That was episode number one that we, yeah. we talked all that out, but that was, oh my gosh. And that's, dude, you could, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent on that, that. It's not, I'm not saying like go out there and get hammered every time, you know, is it, is that really safe or is that, is that a good thing to be doing? Like, no, no which we don't go out we there. Don't. No, we, yeah, we, we talk I, it I mean, up. I know it kind of sounds. We talk it up. Yeah, we we're, do. We're responsible. Yeah, we do. We're responsible. Yeah. And we go out there and like, it just takes the edge off, man. Like, you know, it takes the pressure away and it just lets you kind of just settle into your, you know, in, into the moment. That's really what I'm getting at. You know, like be, being where your feet are, you know, and just, just appreciating the people that you're, that you're yeah. hunting with or, or that you're fishing with. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, you know. And I, I think that throws yeah. a lot of people off. I know, I know when I was first starting to to fish and and hunt, like if I'm not walking out with a a stringer full of you know full of trout, like big trout, like I feel like a dick. Um, and, and it, it gets to the point where you don't even want to go out, uh, and that's wrong. Like th- you shouldn't feel like that, you know. Rip a rip a little like you know pull a wild turkey and chill out. Be like, hey, bro, I'm not. I'm not where I, where I need to be trout fishing or I'm not where I need to be hunting and I need to get there and it's okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have like the, the outlet for, for hunting. Cause like, you know, climbing in a tree stand or shooting a bow, like you should not be doing those things, um, under the influence of alcohol no, like, not whatsoever. Um, but like fly fishing, you know, you're waiting around, it's summer, it's hot, you know, you're casting a fly rod, like it's pretty harmless. That's why, you know, like it's, 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 it's easy to do it. Um, but what I do like doing is, um, your, your cat just bitch slapped Ellie. Yeah. yeah I, that dude, was, that was she, ugly. Yeah. I saw she, that. I, I wish, saw it happening. Wish, yeah. That was, <laughs> she, she's like, yo homie, they're both yeah, hungry. She rocked her. Um, but no, like. When I'm fly fishing, you know, a lot of my pictures, I have I have a stogie in. Like, that's my way to kind of, it almost, like, it just relaxes me, and I can kind of just focus, and I'm not so, you know, like, I'm not so into it that it's, like, there's no pressure. Like, I'm just like, hey, I'm having a stogie. I'm outside. It's good weather. The water's yeah, cold. Life is like, good. Fish, you know? Life is good, yeah. And, like, you know, if I catch fish, great. If I, if I don't catch fish, great. Yep. Um, you know, try try a different spot tomorrow, or maybe it was my fly or whatever. But that's, you know, that's that's a whole nother aspect yeah. of it. But I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the uh, the whole hunting thing, though. Like, yeah. I don't I don't want like I don't want to you know cross, I guess like you know cross contaminate fishing and hunting because it is it yeah. is different. Like, I'm not saying go drink a six pack and you know and go hunting. Like, you can't do that. You know, and like that's not something that me or Bryce do, but you can, you know, when you're out in the river all day, you can drink, you know, a couple beers. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I'm getting at. Um, go ahead, Bryce. What are you? Oh no! Yes, yeah, sorry, my uh, I cut out there for oh, a no, second. Oh, you're good. I can hear you. But yeah, I mean, I was I was okay. just saying, like, you know, um. Hunting and fishing are, are, are two different things when we talk about, like, you know, relaxation and, and, and drinking and, you know, our, our bourbon and browns, you know, kind of kind of thing where, you know, I, I think it's perfectly perfectly fine to, to you know, drink a couple beers and, you know, maybe maybe hit a shot or two while you're on the water. Um, when you're, you know, you're, you're out there all day um, walking, like, I, I think that's okay. Hunting when you're shooting a rifle or you're shooting a bow at animals and you have to be aware of your surroundings and other people in the woods. Um, it, you have to be, you know, 
identifying your target and you know identifying what what animal it is you know is it legal to to shoot this do i have a tag for it um you shouldn't be ripping you know half a bottle of wild turkey while you're doing that absolutely uh, and that's not, not something me or, any me or Bryce do. yeah um no. there's nothing wrong with like after hunting all day um sitting at the t- on the tailgate with your boys and drinking a beer you know or oh absolutely you know, so that, yeah no, that's, that's the difference i'm getting at um yeah that goes without yeah, saying i think it, i think it's pretty much yeah, common sense good. but i don't i don't want anybody to get the wrong impression here that you know where those the cuz there there are there there's drunk assholes out there that are you know walking around with a rifle and walking around with a, like a a compound bow um and they're completely irresponsible and and doing that shit but um oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i think when you have a deadly weapon you know it's it's a a little bit different i'm not gonna yeah, it's like operating a vehicle yeah exactly you know I mean? like it's it's like you could you could potentially harm other people yeah. like not just yourself you know or, or an animal or whatever yeah. but pretty sure the bass doesn't give a <laughs> shit you know if i hook them whether i'm you know if i'm have a little buzz or, or i'm completely you know rock solid yeah. sober so not exactly gonna um, gonna kill someone with a fly just make sure you have a ride home right if you're doing yep, that so. exactly yeah, don't get too which crazy. Which is which is why we typically camp. Um, yeah, exactly. We walk we fishing. walk back to our to our digs. Yeah. You know, we don't even have to to operate the vehicle, which is nice uh, most of the time. Yeah. So, speaking of camping, so I think that's going to be one of my one of my big fly fishing trips this year, up here in PA mm-hmm. uh, on Penn's Creek. I got a uh, okay. I got a buddy I work with um, who is from you know from the state college area and. He uh he put me on like a pretty good section of Penn's Creek that is actually a state forest, um that has campsites all along it. So, uh, I think I'm gonna take a good three or four days and and go hit that. Um, it's been a little bit of a culture shock because there's no four days in the civilian world uh, w- without ripping a, uh, a a vacation day or a personal day. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's gonna happen. I'm like super pumped. Uh, football season's coming up, and you know what that means? It means the Browns are spawning. So <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have to decide whether uh, whether you want to fish or whether you want to watch college football. I can do both. You could do a little bit of both. I can you do could, both. You could catch the big night games, like the primetime games, and then you could just fish in yeah, the morning. Yeah, so or just. Because you're gonna have pro and college start, you know, Saturday yeah. and Sunday pretty soon. So, what what I decisions, what I actually decisions. do when I'm by myself, which is you know, the the norm anymore up here, uh, mostly fish by myself. Um, if there's something I really want to watch, um, I'll actually like hook up my phone. Uh, it only works where you have service, but I'll actually hook up my phone and put in an earbud, and I'll listen to like the radio broadcast while I'm fishing. Um, I've only done it a couple times, like with you know, some major games like the Army Navy game, um, where Army won. I think that was back in two thousand and what was that sixteen? No, that was last. No, year. no, no. The first game they won after like the oh. fifteen years they lost. Um, yeah, I was actually up on um, the Nantahala, and I'm sitting there and I'm fishing, and I was like, oh, Army is going to lose. They're going to get blown out. And, uh, my mom called me and she was like, Hey, army's winning. Um, uh, just, just want to let you know, I'm like in the middle of the river. So I, I threw in an earbud and started listening to that. And I was catching fish while, you know, army won their first army Navy game in like 15 years. Um, so yeah, so you can do both, you know? And I, I think, um, if you can combine your passions, that's even better. So I'm a big college football guy and, you know, I think that's great. Oh, if you so. think I'm not adjusting my fantasy football lineups while I'm in the yeah. tree stand in <laughs> I October, know, right? November, you're you're wrong. I know. You, so, so I'm speaking of fantasy football. I think yeah. I think my uh, uh, we're in a, like a, a pretty big competitive league this year. Uh, we I think we have like nine or ten dudes in it, and it's like um, mm-hmm. playing for some big money. And um, I think the 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 rule change I'm going to propose to the commissioner is the loser the the last place team this year has to pay for and take the SAT. I think that's a pretty solid you know like a, a pretty solid like a uh, bet for it. You know, not only did you lose and you got your ass beat, 
Now you have to take the SAT. Yeah, what yeah. what relevance does that have? It though? has no relevance. Like just for There's fun? no relevance. You you just have to because okay, so you can't you can't leave the SAT once you're in there. So oh, I you're see basically what you're so it's just punishment. Yeah, it's punishment. You're dropping like what what is it like a hundred bucks to take the SAT? Yeah, it's like hundred and twenty yeah. bucks. Yeah. So you drop you have to drop an additional hundred and twenty bucks, and then but it doesn't matter because everyone's out of high school. Yeah, so. does, well that's the, that's the point. Like that's you know that, that's what makes yeah. it awesome because you like we're all like you know in our late twenties and yeah. you're in there you're the only asshole in there taking the SAT. So you have to sit in there for three hours on a Saturday <laughs> morning and and take a uh. test. And then th- there's a there's a benefit. You take that 120 bucks and you get a you get a trophy. Like we'll make a trophy for it, you know. Or you could do, or you could kind of spin it off of like your little bet with uh with Jacqueline. Like the loser, the loser has to go out and buy uh buy and wear uh the winning person's team's jersey um for the for the remainder of the whole the whole next season every Sunday. That fucking sucks. That's what I'm saying. So, like, say you win, you're an Eagles fan. Say the losing guy was a Chiefs fan. He has to go go out and buy a freaking Eagles jersey, you know, a player of his choice, and he has to wear it every Sunday with with fo- photo proof, uh, in order to be, you know, in order to keep his relevance within the league. I I that like would be it. Fucking I like it, but that's like, that's brutal. That's like cruel. It's brutal, but like. I mean, the SAT is not, not, I mean, you're wasting $120 and you're wasting a whole Saturday <laughs> morning on it. So it's like, geez. I mean, you get like, you get like a $120 trophy for it, you know, with like SAT loser <laughs> emblazoned yeah, on it. Exactly. But, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I understand what, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. By the way, like that was the worst bet I've ever made in my life. Like that, that yeah, was horrible. That's a bad bet. Um, that sucked. Um, so I don't know if I can do that to anybody else because it was like the perfect storm. I literally had to wear a Patriots jersey while I watched the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And it was like the worst part about it was like no one liked me. Like no one wanted to be seen with me because like the Patriots fans were like, why are you cheering for the Eagles fans? And as soon as I told them, they were like, ah, fuck you. You're an Eagles fan. And the Eagles fans were like, you're a fucking like, you know, Benedict Arnold, you know, a traitor. So... Like, mm-hmm. no one liked me, so I just sat there, like, by myself and watched Super Bowl and watched the Eagles win. So I was, like, really happy, but at the same time, really sad. So, it's the cost of doing yeah, business. Man. Don't make bets. Your ass can't check, you know? You see Brian Dawkins get uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame last I night? I did. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. His speech was pretty good. He's one of my favorite Eagles players of all time, next to my stepdad. <laughs> yeah. your stepdad he was. Yeah, he was. He played for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, he was a free safety. Huh. Yep. I did yeah, not know for that. like uh I think what, two seasons? Yeah. Two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty wow. wild, dude. I have I, I have a, I that. have like the old school Eagles helmets in my uh uh basement. Yeah. Are you yeah, serious? I'm being serious? He played in the NFL. Dude. I did not yeah, know man. that. Why did you ever tell me that? I don't know. He doesn't like to talk about it. Yeah, yeah that's and, fair. and then um, I think he played. So he must be like, so he's like diehard Eagles. Oh fan. yeah, yeah, he's a huge Eagles yeah, fan. Yeah, so he was so happy when yeah. they won. I mean, as as were yeah. you, obviously. I got him um, one of those like, uh, it was basically like um, they took all of the uh, newspaper and like magazine clippings after the uh, the Eagles won that Monday, and they blew it up onto like a, a huge like thirty six by fifty four poster. And they were like limited edition, so I bought him one of those, and that's up in the uh, nice. the old like a uh, downstairs bar, and you know he loves it, man. It's awesome, but yeah, he he was uh, he was really happy because I mean Eagles fans, we've been we've been sucking dick for dimes for like I don't oh. know like fifty yeah, years, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, shoot, there's a there's a fun fact for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some cool. And you're not drinking Labatt. I'm not. I'm drinking Michelob Ultra because well. Unreal. Because my stepdad and my mom are out in California right now. So yeah. the well's yeah, dry. Yeah, the well's dry for Labatt, so I actually had to buy my own <laughs> beer this weekend. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it, yeah. man. That's but I, I actually I close on my house um in two weeks. So you close on it in two yeah, weeks? Yeah, so I'm out, man. Nice yeah. man. Me and my uh, And then you just gotta get all your stuff from uh 
the army's gonna move it up from Carolina to yeah, your house? that's actually set up already. Um, okay. So they're Good. yeah, so they're gonna bring it all up and uh, move it in. And for they'll me. break it all. And yeah, yeah. Let's go that's buy new happen. stuff. And um, <laughs> like when the like when I uh, I did my move after I had my daughter down to Fort yeah. Jackson and they broke her crib, her brand new crib that I bought Dude, for her. They're so <laughs> I bad. Know, I was so pissed. I was like, dude, like I, I just There's dropped such like pieces of shit. I dropped like eight hundred bucks on this like awesome crib, and they fucking broke it. I was like, oh, of course, but, um, but yeah, so that's that's happening, and uh, um, my sister's actually moving in with me. It's a three bedroom house, so, um, we'll have my room, my daughter's room, and um, my sister's bedroom, um, and then we're gonna like you know pimp out the uh, the living room and. It's a it's a half a double in Allentown, so not a lot of square footage, but you know it's mine and yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, that's probably like what I got right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Yep, yep. A lot a lot of stuff going on, but uh, yeah, man. I think um, I think we're good to go, huh? It's about that time. I think yeah. I think I think everyone needs to send Justin some hate mail to his email, which is on uh, bourbonandbrowns.com. <laughs> Uh, I believe it's like JD Altimus at something else. Something it's Altimus, else, Altimus JD. Yeah. Uh, okay. So send him some hate mail and tell him that he needs to start fishing because I'm disappointed in him. Yeah. And you guys should be yeah. disappointed in him I'm, as I'm well. I'm pretty disappointed in myself. Because <laughs> when we do our next podcast, which crossing our fingers, hopefully with a guest. Ooh, uh, that's coming. I need to hear. I need to hear something good. From your end, saying that you were uh, at least at least some progress on the bow, or or at least some fishing, something like that, and I and I owe the same. Same. Yeah, to you. I think it'll be it'll be fishing until September fifteenth, and then uh, that weekend we'll get out with the bow and see if I can't get a deer, um, and then I'll just be alternating between fishing and hunting for the rest, of, pretty much the rest of the year, and college football. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, archery starts September fifteenth, huh. and then uh. Um, I mean, I, I plan on being out every weekend doing something in the outdoors, whether it's fishing or hunting, um, mostly fishing. Cause I'm a fucking horrible hunter. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at hunting. I'm just, yeah, but you only get better at something by doing Yeah. It. But I mean, I also want to get better at catching trout. So uh, you gotta, yeah, choose, I gotta man. choose. You remember, you remember my fall last year. I know Dude, you could barely, you could barely get a hold of me. Cause I was. Did I was getting? Yeah, it. you were out there like passing on all these bucks, these really yeah, good dude, bucks. Yeah, I did pass on like, a lot of deer, and guess where that got me? Nowhere. Yeah. I didn't even shoot a deer exactly. last year. Um, but that's all right. I had my shot. But New Year, right? Yeah, New Year. You know, it's a. Um, so uh, I'm I'm still getting reacquainted with Pennsylvania, which I'm I'm loving, and um, I love the outdoors up here because there's an actual fall. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be pretty good and it's gonna be a pretty good fall. Um an outdoorsman fall, if you will. So I'm super pumped. And then we're gonna get this trip down to Louisiana figured out. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta get that plan. So uh yeah, maybe maybe that weekend we were talking about the, the Veterans yep. Day weekend. 'Cause that'll be yeah, that's in November, so it'll be fairly it'll be a lot cooler down here, which will be which will feel nice. Um and not freezing like up in BA. Uh, it won't quite be winter, so um, yeah, the red fishing should be pretty good. I'm pumped. So it's gonna happen. Yeah, dude. But all right, well, hey, um, yeah, next episode we're probably gonna have a uh, uh, a guest on here for the first time and get that cranking. Uh, we put in some put in some effort into getting that whole thing figured out, and uh, we're like super excited to to bring that to you. So yeah. Should be should be a good time. What? All right, man. All right, man. Until next time.